Okay, uh, today's daf is Mem Gimel, 43. We pick up on Mem Bet, Amud Bet. Um, and we are, the line starts with Urd HaSholeach. And uh, we have now wrapped up the discussion about where you learn the basic principle of Shlichos from, from Truma, from Kiddushin and Gitin, from Korbanos. And now we're going to deal with some exceptions to the rule, particularly the concept of Shlich Lidvar Veira. So again, Mem Bet Amud Bet. If somebody sends a torch, a fire, um, in the hands of a deaf mute, a shot is somebody who uh, has a uh, psychiatric illness and doesn't think clearly, like somebody maybe schizophrenic who can't, doesn't process reality properly, and the katan, a minor, all these people are not considered to be responsible for their actions. Uh, is a whole separate discussion, the status nowadays. So they're exempt. They're not responsible for their actions. And the one who sent them is um, exempt from the laws of, of uh, you know, from human laws, but has liability to heaven because they obviously caused the conflagration and property to be destroyed. Okay, but if you sent in the hand of somebody who is an adult and is of his right mind, then the adult who is did the burning is chayev, and the one who sent him is exempt. This is like, you know, the person who organizes and orchestrates the RICO laws and all of that. The halacha is, is that from a halachic point of view, that person who's the um, manipulator and the organizer, they are not directly responsible. They're not the one who did it. It's only the person who actually lit the flame that did it. But now the Gemara wants to understand why are you not chayev from the perspective of shalichus? So why not we say that a person's shaliach is like them? And here, you know, could be from a perspective of criminal, but also could be a perspective of torts and civil, right? So why don't I bear the liability if I had my shaliach do it? Now, of course, you could say that shaliach does not mean it's my physical action. Like, I also can't make a shaliach to do a mitzvah for me. Shalichos is more about giving somebody my authority that's invested in me. Lighting a fire is not authority, right? So there's a... It's interesting that the Gemara sort of sees this as part of the conversation. Um, because, uh, But let's see what the Gemara's answer is. So Shani Hasam, there it's different. Um, there is no shaliach for a matter of um, sin. Why? So if you have somebody do something that is a transgression, that cannot be attributed back to you, the Mishaleach. Why? Because if it's between the master and the student, who do you listen to? Meaning you say to the Shaliach, well, okay, I'm a human being, but why did you listen to me? You should be listening to God, and God told you that you're not allowed to do it. Now, of course, we all know that some, we are very often more influenced by humans than by God, you know, in our fear of God, but ideally the point is, it's not my responsibility. You can't say, I made you do it. Ultimately, if you violated the law, you are responsible for your own choices, and therefore, it is your sin, it's not my sin, and your liability, and not my liability. Again, it's interesting that, because you might have thought Shlichos is just irrelevant here because it's about whose physical act is it, not who is given legal authority. But um, this is an important principle across the board. It's actually interesting whether this would apply if the shaliach was not aware that it was a sin. Uh, let's say he thought he was, t- he, the person asked him to, I don't know, uh, uh, here, here's my car, I want you to bring it to the dump and I want you to get it to get pulverized. And he didn't realize it was somebody else's car. 
right? So then maybe actually the Mishalech would be Chayev because the Mishalech didn't have a reason not to believe, you know, not to do it. All right, so um, let's take, let's continue in the Gemara. The Hadetanya, that which we taught in the Brisa, so there's a principle that if you tell somebody Mi'ila is if you accidentally spend hectish money. So you have a person, you have money in it, and you think it's not hectish money, and you tell your shaliach to go ahead and to buy you some, you know, vegetables in the supermarket for it. So if he went ahead and he bought the wrong thing, he instead of buying vegetables, he bought, I don't know, apples. So then, then he's not operating because of your, because, you know, the, the, the mission you sent him on, he's operating on his own. So therefore, he was the one that misspent the hectic money and he didn't. But if he actually bought the vegetables and he I was operating based on what I told him, then it's my sin and I did me'ila. So the Gemara says, So look, how do we understand that? Why does the Balabayas do me'ila when he listened to him? We should say there's no shliach for a matter of sin. Now, Tosus here asks, because I said the home ila is only when it's by shogeg. So if it's by shogeg, maybe there will be a shaliach lidvara So Tosus sort of deals with that, but it does raise an interesting question whether the real principle is that the shliach in this particular case should have known better, or is it a different principle that you're only like chayef for an avera if you do it yourself, and you know, just fundamentally there's no shliach lidvara even if the shliach didn't have a reason not to do it. Okay, but anyway, but the Gemara has not gone into that question of Shogi Gemazin. Gemara says, Angelic should mean that it's not the Balabais' sin. Why is it the Balabais' sin? Shani mi'ila diyal for chet chet mi truma. No, there's a gzera shava. It says by chet by truma and chet by mi'ila. And we already learned truma is one of the sources for the idea of shlichus. So ma truma mishvash shliach af mi'ila mashvi shliach. The same way by truma you make a shliach when it comes to misspending of hektish money. If it came through shlichus, it gets back to you, the mishaleach, and you are liable for that sin. Okay, so the Lord says, Venelif mina, so why doesn't that serve as a paradigm? And why don't we learn from that to apply to all other cases? Mishum, right, that there is a shliach litvar veira. Mishum davi shliach, mishum, venelif mina, mishum davi mi'ila, v'shlichus yad, shnei ksuvim ba'ab kecha, v'chol shnei ksuvim ha'ba'ab kecha, ain melamdin. Because there's another case where there's a principle of shliach litvar veira. If you're watching a pikadon, uh, you know, somebody's object and you're, you're a shomer on it, um, you're, and, you're, and, and you go ahead and you take it and use it for yourself. Like you were supposed to be watching this guy's car and instead you decided to drive it for a spin. So once you are sholeach yad, you know, you cast your hand against it, then you become liable for any damage that occurs to it. Now, what if it's not you did it? What if it's you had somebody and sent somebody to go ahead and use it? So that is a principle that, that also makes you liable. So here's another example where there is a shleach because you're not allowed to, it's not your property. Um, so... By the way, both notice that both the Mi'ila case and this case, it is about something you're not supposed to do, but there's also a question here not just about sin, but about liability. Um, so it's interesting the way those two intersect, and those are in the, you know, these categories where there is an element of shlichos. Okay, but because these two are exceptions, the principle is if there was a rule of shliach lidvar veira, the Torah wouldn't have written it in two places, it only would have written it in one. So if it writes it in two places, that teaches you that it's an exception and that it's not a rule. 
Okay. Uh, like we said, and the shlichus yad mahi. What's the case of shlichus yad? The time we turn the brayso. Called var pesha on any matter of sin that you say kiuzad. You know that you take an oath. That you did not do shlichus yad. You did not take it and use it for yourself. So bechamei omim lechayev al hamachshava kemasa. Called var pesha means anything in the word davar dibur. Even if you say you want to take it for yourself, you're planning on it or thinking about it. That makes you liable. Obeisilo means beisilo says no. You have to do it directly. You have to actually have to use it. In the end, the pasuk says it's about being shalech yad. Okay, Amu Beit Shammah the Beit Tila, so Beit Shammah said the Beit Tila, but we remember a cold of our Peshan, any matter, so how can you say only when you're actually Sholeach Yad? And we'll then Beit Tila Beit Shammah, so Beit Tila responded to Beit Shammah, no, I have a puzzle that says you have to be Sholeich Yad. So, okay, I get it. I get why you want to be Sholeich Yad literally. But still, what do you do with Koldvar Pesha? So now we're going to get the answer. Ella who? So this is not Basilo answering, because Akoldvar Pesha says, even if it's Davar Dibur, but not an expression of desire, but a Dibur because you told somebody to do it. How do you know if you told your slave or you told your your, your, your agent to go ahead and to you know make use of it? So Minayan Tamudomar, Koldvar Pesha. Okay, so for Beit Hillel, you see that there's an idea of Shliach Lidvaravera for Shlichus Yad and Meila, and therefore those are the exceptions, not the rule. So the Gemara continues. Okay, that's good for Beit Hill. But Beit Shammai says that, you know, it's not about shlichus at all. There's just thought is enough to make you liable. So for him, you only have one pasuk by shlich mi'ila. So maybe that's the rule, not the exception. No, there's another case. There's another case where shlichos applies for varvera. If you are a ganav and you burgle something and then you slaughter it or sell it, then it's a sheep or an ox, whatever, you're going to four or five times, okay, uh, to pay back. And we're going to learn now that that's even if you have somebody else slaughter it for you. Again, notice it's a dvaravera, but we're also dealing with civil liability. Anyway, so because those are two cases where you're chayef for shliach dvaravera, those are the exceptions and not the rule. What is it? You should slaughter it or sell it. The same way you have to sell, there's got to be another party involved, the buyer. So slaughtering also is when there's, even if there's another party involved, even if you have somebody slaughtered for you, you're still going to be chayav. Um, learns it out from a different pasuk. The O comes to include even if a shaliach does it. You play four, so tachas and five tachas. So tachas tells you the rabbis is a shaliach. Okay, so we have two exceptions. Mi'ila, maybe shlichus yad, and tvichad mechira, two to three exceptions. And therefore, those are the exceptions and those are not the rules. So the Gemara says, that's if, when you say, if there are two times, we treat them as exceptions and not rules. But some people say that even if it says it twice, we still treat it as a rule. You need it to be three times to say there are exceptions, because then, really, if it was a rule, just say it once or twice. So, Michael and what can you say? Now, again, for Beit Hill, it's fine. You have three times. Um, um, what do you call it? Um, 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 for for Beit Shama, you only have two times. So the Gemara says, 
Dam yichashev la'ishahu dam shafach. No, because we have another place where the Torah tells you it's only if you do it yourself, another place of shechita, not shechting somebody that you burgled, but slaughtering a korban outside of the Beis HaMikdash. And it says, ha'ishahu, that man who did it is chayev, not if you had somebody do it for you. So that ha'u is telling you that that is the rule. Only the doer himself is the one who is chayev. Dam yichashev la'ishahu. Only he himself. Okay, so you have a specific pasuk, and it only says it once. So telling you once, that's actually telling you that that is the principle, because we already know logically we want to say that, because so that's telling you that's the principle, and the other cases are the exception. So the Gemara says, Okay, but the Gemara still isn't yet satisfied. Um, maybe it's limited to Shechut Echutz. How do we know that this is the rule that only the doer himself? The Yalif Mishchut Echutz. Okay, Shechut Echutz is the paradigm. One minute, says the Gemara. Ad Yalif Mishchut Echutz Nelif Mehanach. So maybe we should learn out from, uh, you know, these other two, Tvichen Mechira and Me'ila. All right, maybe we shouldn't look at those as exceptions. Again, what makes you give preference to Shechut Echutz as the rule? It tells you again, that man gets kares. So it says hahu twice. So ineno inin legufo, it's that extra who is telling you, is that not telling you that just shkutechutz, only the doer, but teneu inin lecholotorakula. The extra one is extra, and it's not about a specific case, so it's telling you this is the general rule, only the doer, and tvichen mechira and me'ila are the exceptions. Fine. So that's how we know the principle that there are so exceptions, particularly when they relate to some degree of civil liability. So now the Gemara says like this. Um, so now, according to the one that says that when you, two psukim is enough, or you could say for Beit that has three examples, right? Me'ila, Tzvicha Mechira, and Shlichus um, Yad. Uh, so why do you need the hahus? You already know that those are the exceptions. The rule is Why do you need the hahus by So hahu hahu my so hani hahu hahu What do you do with it? One to tell you that it's only if one person does it. If two people hold the knife and do shchutechutz, then they're not chayiv kares. V'chad huvelo anos huvelo shogeg huvelo mute. Only if you, only if you're doing it in your right mind, not if you are forced, or not if you're mistaken, or you know, and not if you're making an error. You know, you're, you're you're being negligent. And even though that's a general principle, you know that you're not chayiv when in those cases when you for kares. Um, I mean, shogeg used to be chayiv korban, you're not chayiv kares. But sometimes the Torah tells you in particular cases as well. And the other one learns out to, about the cases of shogeg from the extra hay. It could have said who, and it says ha-hu, to tell you also only in your right mind. And the other says that that doesn't make anything of. Okay, so now we learn what you do with the extra who's and the principle ain't vera. The hadatani, now the Gemara says, that which we taught, who chayev? Now you go at this is really the mafioso, the uh, you know the Rico cases. Somebody goes ahead and tells somebody, um, go and kill somebody, commit murder. Who chayev v'shochav pator? The murderer is chayev, and the one who sent him is exempt. That's the basic principle of ancient lechidvarfeira, as we learned. Um, and obviously, pator b'dinei adam chayev b'dinei shemayim. So shamei azaki nomer, but the shamei the elder, the head of Beit Shammai, said. Mishum Chagai Hanavi, this is fascinating, in the name of Chagai Hanavi, was way before Shammai. Shochav Chayav, 
Nope, even the one who, or the one who sent him, we're going to say, even the one who sent him is Chayev. So, because it says, you know, when David is being held accountable for the death of Uriah Hachiti, he said by the Navi, you killed him with, by the sword of Bnei Ammon. David didn't kill him, he sent him to battle. But David is being treated as the one who killed him. So now we've got Shammai that says that the Mishaleach is Chayev. Uh, and you, uh, this is, you know, whatever, Rico, you can execute him. Really sounds like Bidine Adam. And maybe this would apply in all cases, you know. Um, so, my time of the Shammai, what's the reason of Shammai? It's only two cases, and um, you know he doesn't. It's like Beit Shammai, so he doesn't hold of uh, that. There's a case of Shlichos Ya'ah. There's only two cases that actually there are only two cases, right? That say Yeshliachidvarveira um, Miila and Tvichad Mechira, and two cases serve as the model, and we learn out from there Yeshliachidvarveira. That's the rule in Kol Atarakula. So the Gemara says, um, he doesn't learn the hu-ha-hu from Shchut to say only the, only the doer. So Shammai says the general principle is, Now again, one would imagine he would say, even the Mishalech is Chayev, but he didn't say that. He said, the Mishalech is Chayev. Sounds like maybe only. And then, of course, with the question about, like, really, like, at what point, what made me, like, is a pretty also convincing, you know, point, especially depending on the circumstances, right, about what is this person holding over you that, you know, we should make him liable and put, make you exempt. So maybe Shammai means they're both liable. Okay, so that's what the Gemara says, but then the Gemara is going to give a different a- explanation. Um, uh, the Gemara says, um, no, 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 no. Shammai agrees that there's no shliach l'dvar teira. Umay chayev. What does Shammai mean when he says chayev? Chayev shamayim. It means that you're chayev in heaven. They'll treat you as if you're the murderer, like the Navi says to David. So says Do you mean to tell me that when the one who says that you're exempt, the guy who sends somebody to commit murder, he means that that guy, the, the one who sends, like has no liability up in heaven? Is that really possible? So Ella Dini Dina Zuta No, no, no. Everybody agrees the one who sends has to answer for it up in heaven. The question is, is he treated like the doer himself? According to Shammai, down here in human court, the murderer is put to death, is, did it, and the one who's sent is exempt, but up in heaven they'll treat him equally to a murderer. And as far as those who disagree with Shammai Hazakein, they'll treat him as somebody who, you know, incited murder, but he won't be treated as a murderer, okay? But it's a difference of Dine Shamayim. So that's a little bit more understandable that Shammai doesn't hold an across-the-board principle of Yeshli Achlidvar Avera. All right. Now the Gemara says like this: Ella adinet uponav. Ibai says, if you want to say shani hasim to galiyach mano, so rak to becher bnei amon. Maybe that's a specific halacha by murder. Now again, by murder of all things, you should think by murder. You know, diverav diveratalmid. Okay, but on the other hand, it's such a weighty thing that maybe the Mishaleach bears responsibility. And again, especially if you say equal or additional responsibility, not, in ex- not excluding from the Shaliach himself. So maybe by murder, yes, that's where there will be Rico, and that's where the Mishaleach will also be Chayev. Uh, and those who disagree with Shammai would say it's treated like the sword of Bnei Ammon to say the opposite. The same way you're not considered to have committed, you know, when Bnei Ammon kill people, that's not your sin. So you're not going to be punished for the death of Uyachiti. Completely turning the Pasuk on the head, this exact thing that is holding David liable and according to Shammai, treating him mamish as a murderer, you know, for, this, for those who disagree with Shammai, it's saying, no, 
not, you're not held liable. Not just because you didn't do it in your own hands, but actually it was justified. Why was it justified? My time Because Uriah was rebelling against the king's authority and therefore deserving of death. And my master, Yoav, and all the uh, servants of my master are dwelling on the, on the field and should I go back to be with my wife? So because he called Yoav his master in the face of David, that's giving authority to somebody other than David. Um, 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 or the other explanation is because he was resisting David's order to go back and to be with his wife. Okay. So anyway, what we have here is the principle, there are some cases where there are, particularly when it deals with, you know, financial civil liability. Shammai says by murder, the Gemara says either he really means it as a general principle, which is amazing, or he means it specifically by murder. Either way, you would assume he means it in addition to the one who actually did it, or he's just talking about Dine Shemayim, but an equal sin be Dine Shemayim. Okay. Um, now, the Gemara says like this, If somebody says that you learn from Tupsukim, from the principles of Shlich Lidvar Veira, of Mi'ila, and of Tvich Mechira, and he doesn't learn from Hahu Ahu to say, Ain Shlich Lidvar Veira, so, there's one case, even if Shammai generally holds Yesh Lech there's a category of cases, Ein Shlech And that is, if somebody says to a Shaliach, go ahead and have intercourse with this uh, woman who is a forbidden sexually, or go ahead and eat, you know, trace food. So in that case, Shehu Chai Vesholchav Patur, the doer is Chai of the sender is exempt. We've never found in the entire Torah that one person gets hana and the other person is responsible for it. You know, those sins, another way of saying that, it's not just like, it's not fair, but fundamentally the sin there is not the act, but the hana experienced by the act. So it's one thing to attribute an act to something. It's like you killed him. It's like you stole his property. But it's another thing that if it's about the experience of the pleasure, that is, that is the most subjective and personal, and therefore that can only be the person who does it. It's also the principle that there's no mitasek by chalav and varayas. Exact same idea. That if somebody says like, well, I was just in the middle of something else and accidentally this happened. It's not like I did it. You can't divorce the act from you if you we're getting that hana in the doing of the act. Okay, so that's the principle of Itmar. Now we'll have one other case here about, oh, well, a couple others, but you know, we're doing topic by topic in Shlichus, and this is the question about Shaliach Nase'ed. Somebody was sent as a shaliach to marry a woman or to pay back a debt. Can that person be an aid to the fact that it occurred? You know, plus one other aid, so you'd have two aid him, or maybe two people were sent as a shaliach. Or is he somehow considered to be like, you know, the nogeabedav, or the same way the principal cannot do it, the shaliach, you know, can't be an aid as well. Okay, so, it's not. My time at Rav Shila, why do they say not? Maybe because they just say it's not that there's a thing preventing him, but making a shaliach is not making an aid. And for somebody to serve as a witness, he has to be appointed as a witness by, you know, the one of the by the party. That can't be. Would you say if somebody married a woman and didn't say to the witnesses, you be my witnesses, that it wouldn't be Kedushin? Of course it would be Kedushin. You don't need to appoint witnesses. Now, of course, the funny thing is, under the chuppah, we're always saying, I'm appointing you as my witnesses. That's also to deal with the problem that there are also relatives there, so the relatives shouldn't ruin the witnesses by being, you know, because by being part of the same group of witnesses. 
Um, but anyway, you do not need to designate witnesses. The only time you need to designate witnesses is if you're admitting to something, admitting to a debt, because then otherwise you can say, oh, I was just kidding around, I wasn't being serious. But as a general rule, if witnesses are witnessing the act itself, they do not have to be designated. So it can't be the absence of designation is the issue. Um, but Ella, Rav um of um, no, here's the reason. Rav says a shliach can be an aid. Um, because by making him a shliach, you're just even making him like stronger. He's going to be an aid, and he's actually going to be like directly involved. And um, you know, it doesn't like like it doesn't hurt the fact that he's a shliach that he can also be testified to what happened. No, here's the whole problem. If he is acting as you, the same way you can't be a witness to your own act, you need a third party. So Javi like you goofy, he becomes like you and he can't be a third party. Okay. Mace I'll challenge this. We have a bright If you say to three people, go marry, go marry this woman for me. Bechamai says one of them serves as the Shaliach, the other two are not the Shaliach, and there's a separate role as Aiden. You you're one or the other. You can't be both. Seems very clearly. What does Beit say? Beit says, no, if you said go marry, you meant all three of them are going to be your Shaliach. And when you designated them as a Shaliach, now they can't take away that designation and serve as an aid, so you're stuck. You need to find other Aiden. So whether Beit Hillel or Beit Shammai, Beit Hillel is even stricter, but everybody says a shaliach can't be an aid. So, and Beit Hillel says once you're a shaliach, you can't even rid yourself of that designation and opt out. So the Gemara says, lo pligi. Here, un, they, un, they don't only debate, by three, lo, everybody would agree, even Beit Shammai would agree, two wouldn't work. Obviously, he didn't have to say, it's a funny way of saying it, but the basic point is, everybody here holds ain't shaliach aid. So how could we say, if there be an opinion the other way, how could Rav say you could be? So who damar? No, Rav says ki haytana like the following tana. The tanya Rabbi Nosson Omer bechamay omim shliach veeid echad betilamim shliach v'shnei eidim. So, so he there's a breakdown where bechamay says actually two is enough. You can have a shliach and one other aid, and they make the two eidim for let's say kiddushin the shliach plus one person. And Beitel says a shliach you have to do two other people. The shliach can't be an aid, but at least bechamay says a shliach can be an aid. So the Gemara says, Rav, um, Beit Shammai? Wait, so that doesn't work. Rav is going, so why would Rav go like Beit Shammai? We don't really like Beit Shammai. So the Gemara says, Epoch, reverse it. According to that teaching of, of, of Rabbi Nosan, Beit Shammai is the one that says that you, a shaliach can't be an aid, and Beit Hillel is the one that says a shaliach can be an aid. So all of the evidence sounds like a shaliach cannot be an aid. We're really forcing this position that a shaliach can be an aid, but in the end, that is the way we rule, that a shaliach can be an aid. Okay, and Rav Asbred Ravna teaches the debate of Rav and the Beishila, the opposite. Rav Amar ain't shliach aid. It doesn't work. Beishila Amar shliach aid. It does work. The Hilchasa, the Halacha is shliach aid. It does work, even though it's very forced in terms of the earlier Tanayim. Amar Rav Amar of Nachman. Amar Lishnayim Tzu B'Kedish Liyata Isha. Hinein Shluchav Hinein Now we're going to have Psach that's based on this um, principle of Shliach Nasa'ed. If you say to two people, go marry me this woman, they are the Shliach, they're both Shlichim, and they both can be the Edim to the event. V'chein B'Gerishin, the same as the Kriyos Gerishin, top of Mem Gimel Amad Bet. 
The same is true by monetary matters. If you want to pay back a debt, the same people that are the shlichim to pay it back could be the edim that it took place. You need to tell me all three cases. Had you just said kiddushin, because you're making, you know, the concern is, is that if this guy is getting involved and he's being the shaliach, maybe he'll have uh, some vested interest in this and um, there'll be some reason that he won't be totally honest as an aide. Okay, so by Kiddushin, this woman, even if he, the woman catches his eye, by saying that she got married, it makes it her forbidden to him. So there's no concern of any no gay abdabar. So now we've moved off from a formal idea that you are considered like the party itself, shliach in principle, nasa aid. But nevertheless, we're introducing concerns that maybe sometimes you'd be considered no gay abdabar. Okay, but and by the Kiddushin, what could the no gay abdabar be? Um, but by Gershin, maybe he wants to marry her. Now, of course, what's the big deal, you know? It's give the get and then say you give it. What, where's the Nogeabadavar? But maybe he'll feel like, look, you know, like because he got involved, this woman caught his eye and he decided he wanted to marry her. And then maybe even if something happened, I don't know, the get got lost, he's still going to say it. So maybe his involvement could make him a degree of an ogeabadav and we wouldn't trust his testimony. Um, and if it said Gerishin, we, okay, but you know what? You need two witnesses to say that she was divorced. And they're both saying she's divorced. So we're not concerned of no ogeabadav because she can't marry both of them. They can't both be no ogeabadav. Um, but by money, maybe, again, both of them will say, hey, let's keep the money to ourselves and we'll split it and we'll say we paid it back. Okay, so therefore, once they're getting involved, maybe they become a bit of no gebedav and you can't trust their testimony. So Tzrichi tells you you can. At the end of the day, it's two witnesses. Just because they were also sent to deliver the money doesn't mean that you don't um, believe them that they did it. Although you are wondering, especially in the money case, you know, they're on their way to deliver the money, they decide to pocket it, they decide whatever, but they, at the end of the day, there's no formal problem, and witnesses are witnesses, so we say, shliach is nasa'ed. Okay, now, my kasavar, i kasavar, amav ha'chaver be'edim, tarach lefar be'edim, haninogim be'edus ninu. Now the guy says, wait a minute, there is a nogim be'edus, because they were sent, they were given $100 to pay this guy back. Now, if they say that they paid him, then, that, that, let's say they, you know, what's their responsibility to the guy who sent them? That guy who sent them gave them money and now he's going to say, and let's say they, and let's say this guy, they were to say, um, you know, um, um, we, you know, we didn't give the money to the guy you said, but we gave it back to you. And he said, you never gave it back to me. So that's the question of Malva Chaver Be'edim, although here to be Kadon, do you need to, would they be believed to say they gave it back to the Mishaleach? So if the halacha is they would not be believed to say they gave it back to the Mishaleach, then they're no of edus because by testifying that they gave it to the creditor, they're getting themselves out of liability to the Mishaleach. If they acknowledge that they didn't give it to the creditor, then they would have to pay it to the Mishaleach and they wouldn't be believed to say that they had paid it back to the Mishaleach. So their testimony that they had done their shlichos and paid the creditor gets them out of a responsibility of to the Mishaleach because they would not be believed to say that they had given it back. So therefore, um, therefore they could not testify because they're no gay abedos. They gain by testifying that it was given to the creditor. If they admit they didn't give it to the creditor, he would say, okay, give it back to me. And they wouldn't be believed to say that they had given it back to him. 
Ah, so they would not have to bring witnesses to say they had given the money back to the Mishaleach. So because if you lend money with Edim as opposed to a star, a star you always need evidence that you paid it back. But here if the money was given to the Shalichim with Edim and not a star, and the Shalichim would be believed to say, we didn't give it to the creditor and we gave it back to you, if they would just totally believe, be believed on their word, so then they have nothing to gain by lying to say they paid the creditor. If they wanted to lie, they could just as easily have said, we gave it back to you, the Mishaleach. So since they could just as e- they're believed when they say they gave it back to the Mishaleach, they're not nogeya be'edus, and they have nothing to gain by lying, and therefore their edus works to say they paid the creditor. Um, okay. Since they could say they gave it back to the Mishaleach and they would be believed, because if you lend money with witnesses, you don't have to pay it back with witnesses. They're believed to say we played the Malva. Now, this is not a normal Migo. They're believed to say they played the Malva because they're Edim. And Edim are believed to say that the Malva was paid. But it just means they're not nogebeedus. They don't gain. They're not considered to have an interest, and that they stand to gain from their testimony. There's nothing they stand to gain from their testimony because they would totally be believed to say they pay back the lova. All right. Um, the hashta now the gemara ends. The hashta the tikkun rabbanon shvuzheses. Now that the rabbis established the principle of a shvuzheses, which means that you always pretty much have to make a shvuah when somebody makes a claim against you, certainly if it's a tiny spari. So now they do have to gain because if they say they paid the they paid the creditor, they're off the hook. But if they say they didn't pay the creditor and they and the Malva says then give me my money, if they were to say we gave it to you, they would have to make a shvuah. So by saying they paid the creditor, they're freeing themselves from making a shvuah to the Malva. So they are no longer believed to say that they paid the creditor. So they because they I'm sorry shvuah to the lova. So, uh, so now that they said, uh, so that witnesses take an oath that they paid the creditor, okay, their edus is not believed because they're no geab edus, but they're taking an oath that they paid the creditor. And the malva takes an oath and he says, I never got it from them. Um, and then the lova has to pay the malva and the lova is out the money he gave. So, it's ironic, but you know, but but and that, but since once they become nogeb edus because they have a, a, a shavua responsibility to the lova and they gain by by testifying, they no longer can serve as witnesses. So now you, they can't serve as witnesses. So they say we paid. So he say you know so the so the guy who gave him the money is saying, but the guy's saying he didn't get the money, but they're saying but we paid. So basically that's a classic case of making a claim. No evidence, etc. So they make a, a, a shvua that they did do what they said. They did pay. The malva makes a shvua that he didn't, and then the lova still owes the money to the malva. So it's very unfair to the lova, especially because it was only their shvua obligation to the lova that undermined their ability to serve as witnesses and to say that they actually paid the debt. But that is the way that works out. Okay, so that was a little bit of a digression, but that's all part of the discussion of shaliach naase aid.